Folks, uh, as I said previously, Islam can be divided in ten versions so far. Every fifty years, we have seen a new version of Islam, depending on the circumstances in the area where it is at play. Mostly, the purpose is to create an Arab supremacy. Uh, as per the wishes of Prophet Muhammad, and the time which we can call Islam 1.0 uh, was the time when the killing, plundering, looting, and all the barbarism was allowed, allowed by Allah of that time allowed by Prophet Muhammad and every associate of his capitalized on it. They routed towns after towns and they did not care any non-Arab or non-Muslim. They made sure everybody either converts or is expelled from his place which where they had been living for centuries. I mean, this barbarism, um, uh, if you talk to a mullah today, uh, slightly like half-educated mullah, you will see that he will say, oh, it was actually uh, the wrath of Allah, Allah ka azab, from the hands of uh, companions of the Prophet. Now, the Allah of that time was actually not talking to Muhammad directly. He was sending signals through his angels, and no one <coughs> could actually have any contact with Allah. Uh, it was only restricted to Muhammad and Muhammad only. Uh, even his associates, uh, when they need something, they will talk to him, and then Muhammad will get instructions through the angel Jibrail and uh, communicated accordingly. So whenever an issue came, uh, Muhammad was the source. Uh, whether uh, it is a war time, whether it is treatment of women, whether it is treatment of slaves and uh, whatever, every instruction was supposedly coming from the heaven. Uh, like uh, in a in a narration, it was said that few of the companions of Muhammad went to him and said that when we attack a town in the middle of the night, uh, the women and the kids are uh, uh, routed under our horses or camel's feet. So Muhammad said, they are from them. That means that there is nothing to worry about. It was from that time uh, we heard the tradition of Qatal Fi Sabilillah. It's called the killing in the name of Allah. And that killing was uh, definitely indiscriminate and it did not do any justice to anybody. People were brought in rows as slaves and they were like free labor and uh, the only 
person who benefited from it was the associates of Muhammad, which were the tribal leaders of that time, and the family of Muhammad. So this version 1.0 is uh, kind of uh, not approved by uh, most sects except uh, Wahhabis and Salafis who still love it and claim that if we can bring that time, then we can conquer the world. Uh, little they know that uh, that time uh, there was no superpower, there was no one watching what Arabs were doing in that small peninsula and so on. The two superpowers at that time, the, the Persians and the Romans, they were fighting each other, they were busy killing each other and they did not attend uh, the issue from the beginning when it started. So it was a lucky time for the uh, Prophet and his associates that no superpower came after them during that time. And when they become uh, stronger, then they uh, start losing the space, the areas uh, against the uh, Muslim invasions. Uh, that actually will be discussed maybe later. But for now, <clears throat> we know that there are two sects in in uh, in this world, Wahhabis, as I said, and Salafis, also the kind of Wahhabis, but more fanatic and radical, who still believe that uh, the time of Muhammad is the only way to handle any issue and all issues and establish uh, Arab power. Uh, the non-Arabs, particularly Pakistanis or Indians or other South Asians who became uh, Muslims over a period of 1500 years for some different reasons, they have no idea that they have no room in that role. Um, we saw recently uh, terrorist groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Taliban in Afghanistan uh, and we still have some of them left in Afghanistan and in Pakistan, that they were doing exactly the same. They were attacking minorities, they were taking their women and selling them in the market, as was the tradition during the time of Muhammad. And then uh, they were uh, raping women as and when they like, as was done during the Prophet's time. Uh, the non-Arabs, the non uh, were literally had no respect or no rights. Um, Iranians and hundreds and thousands of them were brought as slaves and they were working as slaves. Iranian women were working as slave girls. And then the same we saw in other Arab tribes where Muhammad's companions would take their uh, camels, their women and their kids and slave them. If somebody pay them money, they will uh, free them. Uh, so that way, we know that uh, the Islam, which is called fundamentalist Islam, has no role for non-Arabs. Uh, as an example, there is one Indian engineer who went to Iraq to fight for ISIS, and then he ended up cleaning their toilets. And then the guy had to make great efforts to come back to India. Because for Arabs, the non-Arab status is no more than 
a toilet man. Uh, we see that every day when somebody goes to Saudi Arabia and how he is treated. And then some uh, young Pakistani origin or Indian origin girls, they went to for jihad and they were distributed among the so-called Mujahids. And then one Mujahid died, he, she was given to another one. So it's like a, like a sex in, like a sex slave in rotation. And then finally, I think a few of them came back and then they begged to get their nationality. And I think their case is still pending. But uh, we have to understand that the fundamental Islam is basically all for Arab hegemony and it cannot be allowed in this modern time. And we saw that Al-Qaeda is almost eliminated. ISIS leader blew himself away crying and all the other terrorists, they were either killed or captured. So Pakistanis should know very well where their status will be when they uh, come under the Islam version 1.0. All the, the chutias or the stupids of Pakistan, like uh, uh, these Jamaatis and all this, they all will be cleaning uh, toilets if ever an Islamic or Arab caliphate is established. And of course, there is no chance for it. So it is better to think about your own life, your own family, and your own country instead of licking Arab behind. Islam 2.0 is the Islam of four caliphs. They made Islam slightly humane and contracted with non-Muslims to have a working relationship. They never tried to expel or eliminate other faiths or even Pagans because the area they conquered 99% were non-Muslims and there is no way that you occupy Iran and then you expel all Iranians. So they had to change the tactics and they started living together. They taxed the non-Muslims to make money so they can make harems and mosques. That's the only two things you will see in Arab history. They either made harems or they made mosques. And the average person had never been cared. They died in desperation. No hospital, no road, no schools, no facilities. They were living on an ad hoc basis. During the four caliph, the caliph used to get tax money only from non-Muslims because according to early Islam, the Muslims were not levied of any taxes except zakat. And zakat money definitely is not enough because it was meant only for the poors of the society, poors around your town or city or where whichever locality you live. Only Shias during the time of four caliphs worked secretly to overthrow them. They were able to kill Omar, they were able to kill Ottoman, but could not get any control. So the version 4.0 saw the expansion of uh, Arab empire and uh, that almost went on to 
uh, almost like five million square miles, and the driving force for the for that expansions uh, were actually the Moavias, uh, who after four caliphs took the control of the Arab leadership, and then further expanded the empire. So we can say that the Islam 3.0 is the version which Umayyads followed. The, they worked with Christians and some Jews to, to create a workable system and environment, but were always facing threats from Shias and other minorities because of their racist policies. The Umayyads were racist to an extent that they did not allow any non-Arab to convert to Islam and take an Arab name. Even if he or she convert to Islam, they have to keep their original because Arabs thought that we are so superior that our name cannot be taken. Even if someone tried to get the last name, he was allowed to only borrow it. Means when he died, his family will go back to their original last name. I mean, think about this. I mean, where the people are slaved in hundreds and thousands, they have to work freely. They have to work as slave girls, as slave men. And the Pakistanis still think that those were very good time and we should strive to get back that time. They should know they will have the position of sweepers and bungees. Unfortunately, they are mentally so depressed and made depressed by these mullahs that they think even sweeping the roads of Arabia is a good fortune. You can hear a lot of uh, Pakistani idiot poets who praise the roads of Medina and Mecca and they think that even if we are the, the gravel on the road, we are very lucky. I mean, look, look at the level of IQ of Pakistanis. So they have been so much blindsided that no fact and figures and historical reasons come in front of their eyes. They don't read it, they don't investigate it, they don't research it, they just follow what their mullahs are saying, and mullahs are definitely Arab dogs. They have no other job. Islam 4.0 is the Islam of Abbasids, who started this Islam drama to an extent which we are still suffering today. They are the one who started Hadith, they are the one who started Siratul uh, uh, Nabi or the life of the study on the life of Muhammad. The first study came during Abbasid time. And then the mushroom of uh, different Imams came around all over the Central Asia and Arabia. And then these Imams, they established the rules and norms and the articles of Islam. Their main aim was to create an ideology which can guarantee the caliphate 
and its power the interest of the average person was never in their mind they claimed everything is from allah and allah has appointed the caliphate and this is what the quran says so nothing doing you just have to follow it that is why throughout the arab history there never had been a peaceful transfer of power the the i mean the many fiqahs and imams uh, came up during the time of abbasid and they created a new muhammad as i said previously muhammad was victimized by his own associates he was not respected he was not cared and even his family was targeted by at least two caliphs they never gave them their rights and that's why the family of muhammad remain as mullah and they could not attain any power for hundreds of years from the time of four caliph muhammad was totally neglected and different norms were established under the name of islam this can be seen when we saw caliph umar uh, marrying the granddaughter of muhammad just because muhammad has married his daughter when muhammad was about 55 years old and she was about 17 18 the umar possibly asked the ali the his cousin to give him his daughter in marriage and when we see uh, the the way the caliph umar uh, ran the caliphate is an absolute horrible umar who made over 83 new rules mullah calls it umar's first and these are generally the rules which he established to have some kind of uh, rule on wars rule on women he forced women into homes and said their only uh, uh, job is to serve their men and they can only be allowed to read or learn quran a hadith was later created or written or somebody narrated it that muhammad said that if uh, there is any nabi after me uh, it will be umar but if we look into the social and political effects of umar's rule we see that by his actions on taking women so negatively uh, actually hurt the arab culture more than anybody uh, he was the one who attacked ali's house <coughs> when ali refused to accept abu bakr as caliph a fighting ensued and in that fighting uh, muhammad's daughter fatima was seriously injured and later died he degraded women from the highest 
status women had before Islam and which resulted in only hurting the society because when you hurt women you cannot get a good society unfortunately pakistanis follow umar they follow his traditions and that is why we see that so many women are raped killed and they face the crimes unimaginable in a civilized society because in umar's tradition only the man of the house is to be respected and he gets all the rights there is a narration about from umar that I, he heard muhammad saying that if a husband beats the wife no one should ask him why he beat her and this kind of mentality is hurting the whole muslim world particularly in pakistan where the women are degraded like arab culture and thereby we cannot have a progressive civilized and honest society in islam version 3.0 we also see that umayyads established a hereditary system of rule that means uh, a caliph can appoint the next caliph and thereby the caliphate stayed in umayyad tribe for over 90 years almost uh, more than uh, almost more than 120 years because the uh, umayyads were in control they being the leading warriors and uh, administrators and good politicians they controlled the aramullahs like family of ali and his family who were doing nothing but mullagiri and making free money <clears throat> and thereby uh, no one could do anything about it their power started when ottoman was made caliph ottoman being from umayyad clan was the third caliph and he appointed lot of umayyads at high positions and those positions helped them strengthen their power so when ali challenged <coughs> uh, muawiyah he was defeated convincingly because ali was a very young uh, person at that time i mean not very young but he was kind of uh, had no political influence or political power had no administrative experience and definitely was never an excellent warrior <coughs> it was during uh, umayyad times that they realized that people are converting to islam and they are losing uh, taxes so they did not support that conversion anymore instead they would they like to keep uh, non muslims living under their control so they can collect taxes and uh, that way they can continue making harams this created a big divide between muslim and non muslims 
the Arabs were only interested in their daughters and wives of non-Muslims and the tax money. We can call this time as the most injustice in the world of that era that created an inept, lazy nation whose only aim was to have free fun on others' expense and all they do is killing and harassing. Traditionally, Umayyads were keeping their armies outside the city so they not be affected and they were only called when there was some challenge or there was some trouble. So they will come and they will start killing indiscriminately. They call it Qatal fi Sabilillah at the time and thereby suppressed any uh, revolt or controlled anybody they liked. Uh, this condition created a society where people were living on ad hoc basis one day at a time. Only Arab expansion helped Umayyads and they even attacked India at that time from the border of Sindh close to Yemen and UAE. They killed the Raja, Raja Dahir, the king of Sindh, who was so kind to Arabs that he had given shelter to many of them, particularly the dissident Arabs. Uh, I believe they were um, from the family of Ali because they were always on the run. And his uh, nephew, Muhammad bin Qasim, who came as a leader of the army of uh, Hajjaj bin Yusuf, his uncle, and who was the governor of uh, Basra or in the area around Baghdad. Uh, Hajjaj bin Yusuf is considered as the most barbaric killer of his time. He attacked Mecca and destroyed it. And then he put his forces around uh, the areas near him to do more expansion. In uh, Sindh attack, Raja Dahir was killed and his daughters were distributed. And a lot of uh, Sindhi girls were auctioned off in the street of Basra, uh, Baghdad. And uh, the Hajjad's daughters were sent to uh, Hajjad bin Yusuf as a gift. It is uh, written in history that uh, one of the daughters of Hajjad bin Yusuf, uh, sorry, one of the daughters of Raja Dahir told Hajjaj that they have already been raped by his nephew. This angered Hajjaj so much that he ordered that his son be sent back to Baghdad in an animal skin that was done and when the body of Muhammad bin Qasim reached Baghdad he was dead. But in Pakistan the Arab dogs we know as mullahs have high appreciation 
for Muhammad bin Qasim. They call him Mujahid, they call him warrior and a great person. Even though he was killed in humiliation by his own uncle. With that kind of mindset, who can expect that you can have a nation which can which have some honor which have some self respect or which can understand its true history there is no appreciation of the past culture past history and pakis are told by these mullahs that their history started from 712 when muhammad bin qasim attacked sind the historic time the uh, thousands of years of great culture is totally hated by pakistanis they are no different than afghans who destroyed the statue of uh, of gotambud in bamiyan pakistanis they burn uh, mandirs the tradition of raja dahir <coughs> they burn of non muslims they burn christians in the love of arabs and their prophet and even then they get no respect in islam version 4.0 which is the apostate version or even before that they have zero respect and zero value islam 5.0 and 5.6.0 7.0 7.0 and 8.0 10.0 is the islam in various forms of uh, islam which uh, started during the time of abbasids uh, the sufism started the shiaism started then the uh, offshoots of uh, um, shia started uh, many famous offshoots Uh, like uh, uh, Ismailis and Bodhis who follow uh, fifth or sixth uh, generation of Ali, they call them Imam. <clears throat> Then they created absolutely new Islam, uh, where the mullahs is very powerful. The the Sufis, particularly the Islam they created, uh, was. Hundred and eighty degree against what Muhammad preached. Muhammad never saw Allah, <coughs> never talked to Allah directly, as I said previously, and <coughs> he was in contact with Allah during through his angel Jibril. But the Islam which Sufi started, and not just one, but many cadres of Sufis, there are almost more than. Seventy, seventy-five different uh, styles of Sufism uh, under different uh, mullah names: <coughs> Nashbandi and Zahiri and Mutanzari <coughs> and Dadaganji and so on. Uh, their uh, most famous uh, mullah uh, called uh, <coughs> Abdul Jilani. His uh, um, His Islam style is called Qadriya Sufism, and then so on and so forth. But all these mullahs, uh, 
starting from uh, Abdul Qadir Jilani, <coughs> they claimed to have talked to Allah. Allah used to come there in their dream. Muhammad used to come in their dream. And in the 13th century, some Sufis <coughs> created a book where they said, <coughs> Muhammad said that when he comes in somebody's dream, it cannot be a Saturn. So if the Sufi Mullah says, I saw Muhammad, nobody can challenge him. Interestingly, nobody knew how Muhammad looked like. So maybe he was actually uh, uh, some kind of <coughs> Jewish Mullah who came in their dream. And they thought it is Muhammad because they never allowed a picture of Muhammad. So this kind of Islam, which is totally against the Arab Islam or original Islam is the one which established the absolute power of a mullah. And everything they say or they say that Muhammad has said or is in Quran is nothing but lies. Every Sufi, the more lies he say is a bigger mullah. So in that, in that uh, version of Islam, which is still uh, keep propping up and under some other Sufism and uh, some other synonymous, uh, uh, <coughs> I mean, some kind of references to Muhammad, they claim that they are from the family of Muhammad, which none of them is, but they have such a high position in society that they control the destiny of the people. These mullahs are the one who created uh, stupid laws in Pakistan, like blasphemy laws, and they <coughs> supported the laws which are so barbaric, but at the same time give them an absolute power. So the only powerful in a Muslim society today we see is either corrupt, or the dictator who has guns and the mullahs. The average person has no power at all, has no right at all. The Muslim man, his only right is that he can beat his wife. And these stupid Muslim men, they are happy about it. They think that's all they need to live in this world. So the kind of society they created is totally racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-woman, anti-woman minority, and whatnot. Sufism is basically a religion which is a, a combination of Hindu philosophy, Greek mythology, <clears throat> some thoughts from uh, Zoroastrian, and even some Jewish tradition. The system they established was not the system of Muhammad. It was the system of their convenience. The mullahs, they were the main supporter of all the kings from 13th century. After the Mongol invasion, when the <coughs> Uh, Abbasid Caliphate was eliminated. The Sufis took over 
vast land uh, working with uh, Turks, uh, working with the Iranians and working with other Central Asian. They, they controlled the Egypt at one time. They controlled a lot of area in one form or the other. The Ismaili sect once was the, in control of Egypt and all that. And their leader, the mullahs, the imam, were the one who were the most powerful and absolute dictator. From version 5.0 to, to 10.0, we see the Shiaism uh, started at the time of uh, uh, four caliphates because they were of the people who thought that Ali's right are not being allowed and the Ali should be caliph. They couldn't do anything during that time, but when the Abbasid weakened, they created Sufism, they worked with Sufis, and then they started uh, taking over uh, vast lands in Central Asia. Their influence increased, and the time came <coughs> that they established their empire under Safavid Empire. And then they kept on fighting with Turks, kept on fighting with Arabs for 500 years. This uh, continued until uh, the Iran totally became a Shia country. The Sunnis were either expelled, killed, or converted to Shiaism. And that Shia Islam, which we can say version 6.0 to 10.0, is the one uh, we call 12 Shias. And their influence increased in India as well. Uh, they and the Sufis, they invited <coughs> Iranians and Afghan attackers to India. And they created a system or culture which actually uh, only created hate in uh, Mughal dynasty. And the brothers and fathers and all, they were killing each other for more than 100 years. That weakened their control in India. And then the British came, they took it over and changed India forever. The, uh, the Sufis, uh, although they, um, they take Muhammad's name and they create big drama in his name, they basically, uh, with Shias, revere more Ali than uh, uh, Muhammad. Uh, you hear this system of uh, music, the Kawalis, the Marcias, and all that uh, useless drama. Uh, they work with these people and they make sure that their power is retained. The Umayyads had killed uh, Ali's uh, son Hussein, who was uh, very naive and uh, politically very weak and uh, challenged Umayyads. <laughs> he was killed uh, on one day, I believe it was uh, the 10th of Muharram, in about two hours firefight. <clears throat> and the governor of uh, Basra at that time, or the Kufa, they, he's the one who 
took everything uh, Hussein's family had and the, he sent his head to uh, Damascus where the Abbasid Caliph used to have capital. He was, uh, I mean, he nothing happened during his time for many, many years and very small rewards were faced by Umayyads, but they dealt with uh, it very severely and nobody could have done anything. But when the Shia uh, religion established after 9th century, they took this event and then they created a new Islam called Shia Islam. You can't blame them because they were the victim of Arabs for hundreds of years and they knew that the only way they can <coughs> expose Arab Tagari is to create a religion which is 180 degree in conflict and that is what it is today. Today we see Arab-Persian war and unfortunately <coughs> some of this is being fought in uh, uh, Pakistan. Uh, the Shias are mainly or generally very educated. They also are trapped of that and they can't challenge their mullahs to stop this nonsense. The main point is uh, that 40 years of caliphate, 120 years of Umayyad rule, 500 years of Abbasid rule, 500 years of Ottomans, where do Pakistanis which, who are 220 million people fit in? Answer is nowhere. People over the period of thousands years of Muslim influence in India are divided among many, many lines. Some call themselves to be the family of Muhammad, which they are not. Some attach themselves with Abu Bakr family, which they are not. Umar's family, Umayyad's family, Abbas's family, Shia family, Sunni family, Ismaili family, Bori family, Pathan family, Punjabi family, Bajochi, Mahajas, Sindhis, Srikis, Gujars, I mean, you name it. They are divided into million different divisions. And every division is controlled by a mullah. There is no division of Pakistanis who is controlled by science, by logic, by humanity, or by justice. They are so, people are so much interlocked into those divisions that they hate each other, they don't support each other, and they just do drama. Some part of Pakistanis who control army, they consider themselves God. Some part of the people who are businessmen, they do all kind of looting and tax evasion. And everybody is in total turmoil because they are so much divided. And in religion, they have no role. The same division created the military cadre who 
had their own complexes. A nation state could not be founded and everything is put under military boot who tries to please all cadre of mullahs to keep themselves in power. Religion has been helping until 7th, 17th century of to get power, respect and protection. Today in Pakistan, it only brings disarray, disrespect, no protection and no recognition. An atomic power being abused by every Arab calling them our dogs and disrespecting them in on daily basis. Even one tiny state like UAE shows anger on Pakistan if it asks a reasonable request to recognize Kashmir as an issue. Kashmir where 70,000 Muslims have died but their blood is not Arab blood. So Arab care more about around 4 to 5,000 Palestinians killed in Palestine and mostly because of their own folly more important than the death in Kashmir. They have dished every respect and and the leader of Pakistan instead of shame and showing their faces still are proud of them. They still call them our friends. Instead of taking brave decisions and establishing some freedom, they have sold themselves to Arab interest for free. They don't mind trashing, but history will give them the real results when their faces will be blackened and trashed because they performed their, because they preferred their economic interest more than the national interest. What can justify when a defense minister have UAE residence permit or that every opposition leader has to run for his life from GHQ? Thugs, what a sad and unlucky country. All this because GHQ forced the idea Pakistan was created for Islam. Islam where no power, no Pakistani has any role in last 1500 years of thuggery and abuse. No Arab ever came to Pakistan, but their dogs rule the country in their name. The way uh, GHQ and uh, some political leaders have divided the country uh, is really very shameful and they don't understand that they have violated every vision of Qadiyazam who wanted a non-theocratic, democratic, progressive country free from Arab influence. What we have today is total mess. It is time the new generation of Pakistan know what is good for country, for the country. A generation who can send mullahs and men in uniform
do their rightful place everyone should have equal rights 100% of human rights should be allowed and get rid of all kind of islam which has only destroyed and never been good for any nation in its entire history of 1500 years there is nothing pakistan in islam no prophet no imam nothing even they are not allowed to read quran and rituals in their own language a useless and senseless arabic language mantras have been forced on pakistanis that is why they cannot differentiate right from wrong god bless